Travel Commando Podcast. Here we go again. Today I'm going to give you a little bit of information about the Titanic exhibition at Luxor in Las Vegas. Now, I'd never been to a Titanic exhibition before, okay? I've been to Las Vegas many times since the installation at Luxor occurred. I have no idea why I have not toured it before. I am so, so happy that I did. Without really knowing what to expect, I visited with friends, to whom I'm very grateful, by the way. Thank you guys so much for exposing me to this. Please note that photography is not allowed, neither is outside food or beverage. So, we all know the Titanic sailed on her maiden voyage in 1912, right? And on the fourth day of the journey, struck an iceberg and sank. Technically the fourth night of the journey. The wreckage went undiscovered until 1985. Over 2,200 people set sail on the Titanic. Over 1,500 of them would die when the ship went down. These people having been cheered on to their terrible demise by hordes at the docks. Over ten times the number of people who died were involved in building the Titanic. In its brief time, it was the largest vehicle ever to move. Think of that. All of that work, all of that human effort, culminating in this one object or device that was lost immediately. And those poor, poor people. Right away, I'm going to offer that the exhibit is an excellent complement to the movie. You may want to enjoy them back to back. Either could be first or second. And because I assume that there may be listeners who do not know this, when I refer to the movie, which I will likely do again, I am referring to the 1997 film Titanic, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. That movie was directed by a member of the Explorers Club, by the way, who actually visited the wreck. Okay. The film set a fictional love story against the true story of the disaster. The crew did a very, very good job with the movie, wrapping a lot of emotional impact into it. The film opens with a crew using a deep-sea submersible vehicle and some remotely operated devices to explore the wreck and the artifact field. Some of those artifacts are in this exhibition, okay? The exhibition space is 25,000 square feet, approximately 250 artifacts are held within that space, but there is more to see than just the artifacts. Placards, including significant amount of detail about various individuals among the passengers and crew, are displayed intermittently throughout the exhibit, in some cases accompanied by artifacts which once belonged to those specific people. We have pictures of a lot of these people, these people who drowned, who froze, who survived, who cried, who screamed, who panicked, who persevered. The lighting in the exhibition is fairly low and somber. If your vision isn't totally great, you may have a little bit of trouble seeing some of the handwriting on certain artifacts, but I'd have to say that the lighting is appropriate for the exhibition, and I think that even if you have a little difficulty seeing certain things, you will likely agree. 
I saw every item in each hall. Okay, but for the purpose of this podcast, I will tell you about four of the artifacts and the main feature of the exhibition. The Clarinet. This item was particularly moving to me as I played clarinet for several years. The fact that it survived in any salvageable fashion is astonishing. This isn't your polyresin school band clarinet, okay? It's a wooden instrument. The ligature is still on it, tightened to the setting the player chose for the reed that night. All right? That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. And it brings us to the other reason for which this artifact is so fascinating to me. We all know the story of the Titanic band, right? In order to assist with keeping the passengers calm and in an effort to smooth out the chaotic boarding of the lifeboats, the band played throughout the disaster, literally until members went into the water and died, right? And one of them was playing this clarinet, which drifted to the bottom after the musician played his last note. That is absolutely amazing. The Cufflinks. I sort of have a thing for cufflinks, and especially for vintage cufflinks. One exhibit features a pair of gold and stone cufflinks, along with some of the owner's other personal accoutrement. Now, that's just scary. Cufflinks are personal. Use of them requires attention and manual dexterity. Somebody was going to wear these while on the ship, undoubtedly to one of the sumptuous dinners in the lavishly gilded dining hall. The owner, or perhaps his wife, or sadly perhaps a servant, chose them to go with a certain shirt and carefully packed them. Okay, the cufflinks are certainly affected by their time in the salt water, but they still look so cool that if I saw them in an antique shop and they were not related to the Titanic, I'd have to own them. The O'Gratton Dishes There is a tray full of O'Gratton dishes. The dishes are half sunken in sand from the ocean floor. Okay, some of the accompanying dinnerware was displayed in the movie, and I have seen video of these actual O'Gratton dishes in the past. They were not found in the crate, I know that. It had been consumed by ocean life. The dishes were found in the sand, which had settled into the crate. This has always struck me as one of the creepiest, eeriest artifacts from the disaster, possibly the most. I do not know why. These dishes were not personal to anyone. There should be no mood associated with them. I think part of it is just that they stayed there, open to the ocean, and neatly arranged for all of those years. See, that's it, yeah. These dishes are still in orderly rows amid the sand. It's reminiscent of the way that, and I've, I've personally seen this, and some of you may have, after a tornado, you might see a bathroom utterly destroyed, but the medicine cabinet is still on the wall, with the door missing and the contents undisturbed. The Spectacles. I'm referencing it forth, but the first item to really grab my attention was a simple pair of eyeglasses. I believe that the exhibit was labeled as spectacles, 
but the set resembled small reading classes of today. This was personal to someone. This was a personal artifact. It is entirely possible that the specks were in use just a few hours before landing on the ocean floor. Possibly for reading one of the menus, invitations, telegrams, or handwritten letters elsewhere in the exhibition. For those of you who saw the movie, do you remember the hairpin? To me, this felt like the hairpin. Okay? Now, the fifth item I want to discuss is considered to be an artifact, but it is actually a piece of the Titanic's hull called the Big Piece. It is the main exhibit. The Big Piece is featured in its own hall with a few small related items. A videography about the recovery of the Big Piece runs constantly on one wall. I wasn't as blown away by the Big Piece as the curator would have liked for me to be, Staring at an actual piece of the Titanic's hull was pretty fascinating, though. It was when I looked at the scale model associated with the big piece that I felt that exhibit's impact. When you see the scale mock-up of the ship showing the big piece in place, sit down and let the vertigo pass. The big piece is tiny. It's almost nothing. The Titanic was swole, okay? Once you've been in the exhibition space for a while, you really may feel as though you are traveling through time. This may be enhanced significantly by a few tricks which the curators and managers of the exhibit have chosen to play on your senses. I don't want to reveal any more about this. You should go experience it. I will offer that there is a mock-up of a very famous area of the ship. Photo ops are available. However, as I stated previously, you cannot take photos yourself. A staff member takes the photos, which are available for purchase. Now, to be clear, you are definitely not required to have a photo taken. I will also offer that there is a mock-up of a first-class cabin. Remember the cabin occupied by Rose and Cal in the movie? Yeah, that. The ambiance within the exhibition is effective enough that you might disappear into the wondrous time which you're having and find yourself jolted occasionally, saying to yourself, Wait a minute! Remember what happened? Remember the reason for which all of this is here? But of course, one does remember. The gift shop is impressive and features many replicas of tableware and barware from the ship, among... Numerous other items. I hope that I've managed to make this attraction enticing while not providing too much detail about what Luxor has done with it. I am going to reveal one more touch, though. The exhibit features a unique way of connecting the visitor with the tragedy. All right. Upon entry, you will be provided with a card containing information about an actual passenger on the Titanic. At the end of the exhibition, you'll have the opportunity to find out what happened to your passenger. My passenger didn't make it, but his wife and child did. It was the Titanic, folks. This is a great attraction, but it's centered around the deaths of 1,503 people. Everything you see came from a mass grave. Please enjoy the exhibit, learn everything you can, and be respectful.
Travel Commando out.